48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines. The health minister warns that the next coronavirus wave could be even more serious as she announces plans to step up testing. Swimmers return to the pool for the first time in two months, but questions remain over why beaches are still closed and lawmaker Yen Chan losing an appeal against a ruling that her election was invalid. The health secretary, Sophia Chan, has warned that the next wave of coronavirus infections, which is expected in the winter, could be even more serious than the recent third wave. She announced that people considered to be at high risk, including care home workers and frontline staff at restaurants, wet markets and in the transport sector, would be offered regular COVID-19 tests. Professor Chan said 5,000 people from those groups can be tested each day. It is uh, still voluntary, but then, of course, uh, we strongly encourage uh, people uh, to take the test because if they are high-risk groups or high-exposure groups, uh, it is important uh, that uh, they test. And I'm sure, you know, uh, further to the uh, experience that I think Hong Hong Kong people have gained through the universal community testing program, uh, people would know more about testing and understand and have experienced uh, these um, uh, virus testing as well. Many leisure facilities across the SAR are reopening for the first time in two months this morning as the government eases restrictions put in place to curb the coronavirus. With the number of virus cases falling, swimming pools and some venues for team sports are welcoming visitors for the first time since June. Beaches and some free-to-use sports facilities remain closed. Swimmers returning to the pool today are getting used to new social distancing rules, including a capacity limit of 50%, a requirement to stay a meter and a half apart, and the fact that only half of the shower cubicles are in use. This woman at Kowloon Park said she was excited to be able to practice diving. For the first time in months, she was happy with the safety measures. Yeah, I think that's okay because uh, alternative shower room you give safety. Yeah, and also I believe the water, because the water in the pool is chlorinated or sterilized, is safe for us. And because I go diving only, usually not too many people in the diving pool. The president of the Amateur Swimming Association says he's okay with the restrictions placed on swimming pools for the reopening today. But Ronnie Wong questioned why public beaches have to remain closed. Same as the pool water, I think the seawater also has the function of killing the germs. So have you ever, you know, so far those uh, people got uh, test positive? I, I don't see any any cases that come out from swimming pool or from the beaches. Ocean Park is also welcoming its first visitors in two months today after its second closure this year because of the coronavirus. Social distancing measures are in place and visitor numbers are capped at half the usual level. The attraction's executive director, Timothy Ng, says guests will have their temperatures taken and will need to wear face masks, while some attractions will remain closed. According to the latest requirements, the indoor facilities we cannot offer live performance. So one of our very popular kids' whisker theatre, we cannot operate the shows during this period of time. But after all, that's we believe the measures that we deployed would be adequate and effective to protect the guests, the staff, and also the animals. This secondary school pupil who came to the park with three friends says the restrictions are acceptable. We all understand that the virus is very serious, so it is acceptable because we, we are just come here for uh, having fun and interesting, so it's still okay. 
Unions have condemned the government's salary relief scheme after it emerged that almost a quarter of the recipients under the first tranche had been broken had broken the rules. About 20,000 employers received the money, but 23% were found to have sacked staff or failed to use all of the money to pay wages. As well as returning the unspent portion of the subsidy, they'll have to pay a penalty. But the chairwoman of the Confederation of Trade Unions, Carol Ng, says the figures show that the Employment Support Scheme, or ESS, is poorly designed. The um, so-called penalty regime that's trying to applicable by the government is not that effective at all because the so-called penalty is returning those money back to the government's hands. So who will get benefit out from that? It will be no one. And it gives no demonstrations to any other employers and then they should follow the criteria accordingly. Pro-government lawmaker Yen Chan has failed in her final attempt to overturn a court decision which effectively removed her from office. The Court of Final Appeal rejected her challenge to a high court ruling that there was a clear material irregularity in the West Kowloon by-election won by Ms. Chan in November 2018. The lower court had ruled that the returning officer should have given pro-democracy candidate Lao Siulai a chance to explain her political views before disqualifying her. Ms. Chan had argued that her opponent would still have been disqualified. The top court judges said they would explain the decision in writing later. Speaking after the hearing, Ms. Lai said the ruling did not safeguard the right to run for election. It's a pity that the ruling of this case is not enough to protect our rights to be elected. And I hope that uh, this case will inspire the Hong Kong people to uh, fight for our own rights. Beijing says it's begun military drills near the Taiwan Strait as a senior U.S. official attends high-level meetings in Taipei. A defense ministry spokesman, Zhang Guoqiang, said the drills were reasonable and necessary to protect national sovereignty, but gave no further details. The U.S. Undersecretary for Economic Affairs, Keith Cratch, is due to meet President Tsai Ing-wen later today. The number of officially recorded COVID-19 cases across the globe has reached almost 30 million. According to figures from Johns Hopkins University in the United States, more than 940,000 people worldwide have died with the disease since it first emerged in China late last year. The worst affected countries remain the United States, India and Brazil, but there's been a surge in positive test results across Europe in recent weeks. The WHO's director for Europe, Dr. Hans Kluger, said governments need to guard against complacency. The vaccine is very important, but for me, most important is that we learn how to live with the virus in the community. So in that sense, we have to find new ways of being social. We need governments to step up leadership is number one. And number two, we need a society, a whole of society approach, really. The British government is considering the imposition of new measures across the country in response to a sharp rise in coronavirus infections. New cases in the UK are estimated to be doubling every seven or eight days. The BBC's Laura Kustenberg reports. At a meeting between the Prime Minister, the Chief Medical Officer and the Chief Scientific Advisor on Wednesday night, one of the ideas discussed was what's described as a circuit break. A short period, perhaps just a fortnight, of tightened restrictions across the country. Under that proposal, some public premises would have to close, but schools and most workplaces could remain open. No final decisions have been taken, though. But although nearly 10 million people are living under stricter restrictions already, it is likely that within the next week, the Prime Minister will once again change the rules nationwide. 
Joe Biden has condemned Donald Trump's handling of the pandemic as close to criminal. He was speaking at one of his biggest televised events since becoming the Democrats' candidate for the U.S. presidential poll in November. Addressing a drive-in election meeting, he accused Mr. Trump of deliberately playing down the impact of the virus. The president had held a rally in Wisconsin. He told his supporters that Mr. Biden was wrong. By comparison to other countries and by almost all metrics, we've done an incredible job, including the job of helping the world with ventilators and all of the things that we've built. And I think our task force has been incredible. And Mike Pence has done a great job. Nearly 200,000 people in the U.S. have died with the virus, far more than anywhere else in the world. A record number of fires has been reported for the month of September in the Pantanal wetland, which is located across Brazil, Paraguay, and Bolivia. According to satellite data re collected by Brazil's Space Research Institute, there have been more than 5,600 fires in the area so far this month. Environmental groups have placed most of the blame on farmers and cattle ranchers who burn land to clear it for pasture. Wildfires are also out of control in Brazil's Amazon region. President Jair Bolsonaro again downplayed the crisis. He said the country was doing well. Brazil is the country that preserves the environment the most. Some don't understand that. It's the country that suffers the most attacks from abroad regarding its environment. The Canadian man has been charged with dangerous driving after he was found apparently sleeping at the wheel of his Tesla electric car as it travelled at 150 kilometres an hour. The BBC's Henry Bello takes up the story. The car's autopilot mode was engaged and it wasn't just the driver who was asleep, the passenger beside him was also taking a nap, the seat reclined. So that means that nobody was paying attention to the road or taking responsibility for the car, which is what's required by law. Now we don't know for how long the 20-year-old driver was asleep for, but when police tried to pull over the car, there was no response. Eventually the person woke up, but that was after cars that were on the road were trying to move away from this and during during this period, the semi-autonomous car actually accelerated to 150 kilometres an hour. The winners have been announced of the annual Ig Nobel Prizes, which are awarded for scientific research that seems improbable or ridiculous, but is also thought-provoking. The BBC's Jonathan Amos has the details. This is what an alligator normally sounds like. <coughs> but this is the noise the same animal makes when it's taken a big gulp of an oxygen-helium mix. Utterly ridiculous, you might think, but Stefan Reber and colleagues were able to analyse the different sound frequencies to show how reptiles can communicate their body size through their vocalisations. And that's the ignobles, science that at first seems daft, but on closer inspection has a deeper purpose. Other winners this year included the team that devised a method to identify narcissists by examining their eyebrows and the group that investigated why many entomologists are frightened of spiders. Finance and currencies, the US dollar is trading at 104.79 yen, the euro is standing at 1 US dollar 18 cents, the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars 4 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,412, that's 72 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $53 billion. Sports, here's Adam Jung. We start with ice hockey. The Tampa Bay Lightning will face the Dallas Stars in this year's Stanley Cup final. 
Tampa needed six games and an overtime goal by Anthony Sorelli to get past the scrappy New York Islanders. Sorelli scored 13 minutes into overtime to give Tampa a 2-1 win in Game 6. That sends the Bolts back to the Cup Final for the first time since 2015. They last lifted the Cup in 2004. Dallas last won the Cup in 1999. The two sides will play Game 1 Sunday morning, Hong Kong time. In the NBA, the Miami Heat have won a second game in a row to start their best-of-seven Eastern Conference Final against the Boston Celtics. Down by 17 in the second quarter, Miami hit back by outscoring Boston by 20 in the third. They went on to win 106-101. to Goran Dragic led Miami with 25 points, including 9 in the final quarter. In football, the English Premier League champions Liverpool have agreed a deal to sign midfielder Thiago Elcantara from Bayern Munich. The fee is around 25 million US dollars for a four-year contract. Thiago joined Bayern from Barcelona in 2013 and played in last month's Champions League final victory over Paris Saint-Germain. More from the BBC's John Bennett. Started his career at Barcelona, was signed by the former Barcelona boss Pep Guardiola for Bayern Munich in 2013, as well as winning the Champions League. He won seven consecutive Bundesliga titles with Bayern, four German Cups, the Club World Cup two. And at the time he signed for Bayern, Guardiola said, he's the only player that I want. It will be him or no one. That is high praise. He could have stayed Thiago at Bayern Munich. Bayern wanted him to stay, but it seems he was extremely keen to join Liverpool and work with their manager Jurgen Klopp. On the pitch, Tottenham survived a scare to reach the third round of qualifying for the Europa League. They came from behind to beat nine-man Lokomotiv Plovdiv 2-1 in Bulgaria. Wolves are the latest top division side to be beaten by lower league opposition in the English League Cup. They lost their second round match 1-0 at home to second tier Stoke City after Jacob Brown scored four minutes from time. Burnley got past Sheffield United 5-4 on penalties after the All-Premier League tie ended one all. Brighton were comfortable 4-0 winners over Portsmouth. And in golf, Justin Thomas is the leader after day one of the U.S. Open at the Wingfoot Golf Club in New York. Thomas opened with a 5 under par 65 to lead by one shot over Patrick Reed, Matthew Wolf, and Thomas Peters. And that's your look at sports. Adam Jiang reporting there. To end the news, our top stories once again. The health minister warns the next coronavirus wave could be even more serious as she announces plans to step up testing. Swimmers return to the pool for the first time in two months, but questions remain over why beaches are still closed, and lawmaker Yen Chan loses an appeal against a ruling that her election was invalid. The news from RTHK. I try to run, I grow weary.
basic law enacted by the National People's Congress in accordance with the Constitution was promulgated on the 4th of April, 1990, laying out the one country, two systems principle. It came into effect on the 1st of July, 1997. This year marks the 30th anniversary of the basic law's promulgation. Hong Kong is an inalienable part of the People's Republic of China, enjoying a high degree of autonomy and executive, legislative, and independent judicial powers, including that of final adjudication. The basic law protects our rights and freedoms and safeguards the prosperity and stability of Hong Kong.